0: You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Colborn. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. A very good day. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast with Neil and Vince. Our date is the 22nd of August, 2023. OK, our weather, stinking hot. I can't really say much else other than that. Uh, the definition on the mountain is good. Humidity is quite high. And certainly, I think Neil will be exactly the same as we go to the west around about 45 minutes and uh, i'll say a very good day welcome to you neil and what's your weather like
1: hi vince morning uh <laughs> the only way i can put it is blistering it's absolutely roasting mm-hmm. and uh, i was golfing yesterday up in alicante inland God, it was absolutely boiling no breeze no nothing well oh, dreadful
0: I love me golf, but there comes a time yeah. when, you know, it's probably not the best thing to do. But uh, did did you cope or what happened?
1: Oh, I mean, we were in buggies as well. <laughs> when we got back, we all, we all nearly all collapsed. I went through three litres of water and I were absolutely, absolutely drained, all of us. But you see, we, we do it, it's second Monday in every month, but because of Fiesta's last week, uh, last week, uh, we had to go this week boy I wish there had been a breeze like at Villa you get that breeze off sea don't you inland yeah. there's nothing
0: it was Ooh. absolutely boiling okay right well um, let's see what we've got this week as we start our look at the papers um, we'll find out what's been going on and what needs to be highlighted a bit more Okay, so uh, five tourists have been fined thirty thousand pounds each. This is because they've been climbing from one hotel balcony to another, a craze known as balconing. In Magaluf, as party uh, resort decides to crack down on the dangerous behaviour, the rowdy tourists who were caught either climbing from one hotel balcony to another or jumping. from the balcony into a swimming pool below, were fined more than £150,000 in total by local authorities. They were also kicked out of their respective hotels, according to Calvia Council, which covers the tourist hotspots of Magaluf and Parmanova. Right. Uh, have you been there, by the way?
1: Yeah, I've been Magaluf, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, when you actually look at the uh, the structure of the place and the actual location, I mean, it is a nice place off-season, uh, but the minute you go on-season, well, it's a totally different attitude, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's crazy. It's it's like a madman, it's like bull running down the street with some of these young'uns, but, I mean, how stupid can you get? They go and have a few beers and this, that and the other. They all think they're supermen, they'll just jump into next door's balcony and this, that, like, and and all of a sudden, they're down below, There's a dodo. And, I mean, they, they, they've warned about this for donkey's years. It's even up in hotels, isn't it? You know, yeah. to say, do not go balcony, you will be heavily fine. And they, they, they oh, no, look, nobody will know, it's us and this, that, and the other. They get fine now. It could be, you know, all tears everywhere and, no, I can't afford this, that, and the other. But they never learn
0: never learn. So I have no sympathy for them. And what about if they don't pay the fine? Because, you know, there's not going to be many people that have got £30,000 to pay a fine very quickly.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they'll be crying to their mums and dads, bank of mum and dad and all that lot. But, I mean, I don't know how they go about it, but you know, have they been sent back or whatever? Or do they have to, you know, make a you know, bank transfer or anything like that? I don't know, but it, it needs, you know... It, it, this is what I'm saying about... It. That's when, you know, the the, uh, the punishment, you know, to the crime... I think it's all right, because you'll not do it again. If you find 30000 you've got to be paying it off for about 10, 15 years,
0: you know. I'll tell you what was in my mind, because obviously... Uh, like yourself, my first reaction was, um, it's the only way they're going to stop it, because we've lost about, I think it's about six or seven already. People have killed uh, themselves by doing that in the last year. So, you know, it is a problem that has to be uh, resolved. And, of course, you know, the the British government seem totally unable to solve things like this and it, it, but I'll tell you what it, it also contrasted for me with another piece that was in the paper today and it was up in Castaia which is up the coast from here and um, you know they're doing the running of the bulls in the streets and there's a teenager gets caught by the bull and uh, he's been really made a bad mess of you know it, it, the, the bull really has got hold of him and flung him in the air and everything um, I, I mean, it's this idea of the adrenaline rush, isn't it? Really.
1: Well, I, when I had grandkids over, you know, they they wanted an adrenaline rush, so we went to uh, Terramitica. I do all them rides. I, I love them. Would I would I go running in front of a bull, hoping it won't catch me? No, thank you. Would I go balconying? Would I, you know on holiday? No, I wouldn't. You know, there's there's some parts of safety. That even you know, I just I just think alcohol plays a part of it because there were a few, there were quite a few last year in a beta, not there?
0: Yes, remember,
1: we were. were all in, impressed. And and did they not? Did they not, You know, tell them. Listen, this is what happened last year. So many people died through balconing and drinking and all that. I'm not. I'm great. Go out, have a good time. You know. Go dancing, go doing what you want, but when it comes to this, you know, d- diving off a balcony into into to, um, it's swimming pool, hang on a minute, it, at, at the most it'll be six foot beat, won't it? Yeah. And you're coming from, say, a second, third, fourth, fifth, some of them want to be right up on top to see how, you know, daft they have to get. Mm. And crash, broken neck, broken back, dead, you know. It, yes. It's, and it's, it's these young'uns, it's like that they think they're like 10 men, you know, they're, they're indestructible, like, you know, it, no, you're not.
0: Do you think the fine will be enough to put people off doing it?
1: Well, I would hope so, because it, it, in all the hotels now, at reception, when they come in, if you point to the, to the thing in Spanish and English and say, look, listen, this is what happens. These kids have... Been fined 30,000 for balconing. Look at at the next photograph there. There's seven, eight people died this year. Balconing. Don't be one of these. Do not be one of these. Go and enjoy yourselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not being a (laughs) terrible choice of words, but it's not being a killjoy. I mean, it is a dangerous, very, very dangerous thing to do. I've got to say, when I was younger... I would never have done anything like that. I mean, is it that uh, I was boring? I don't think I was. I did, I did plenty of things that were really a bit sort of borderline, but I would never have done something to en- endanger my own life like that. Yeah,
1: we used to we used, used climb trees, getting conkers, didn't we? And, you know, and all that look. and and putting swings uh, on trees, you know, tie a rope, on thing it and, and swing out and live the like River Irwell where I was. Uh, you swing out over at River well, and you come back in. If you fall off, you get up, dust yourself down and, and away you go again. But j- doing this balcony from high floors, no, uh, hang on a minute, there's, there's difference landing in water and landing on concrete. Yeah. It's uh, Yeah. Okay. And it's not, if you say it's not being a killjoy, it's trying to explain to them, this is what, you, this is what happens when you've had drink and you think you're, you're invincible. Yeah. And something goes wrong and then we've got to tell your parents and then we've got to, you know.
0: Yeah. uh, No, I'm I'm with you. Totally agree with you. OK, here's the next one then. OK, we've got uh, the theme is back as we look at the Lib Dem conference in Bournemouth next month. And members will be asked to agree that periods, menstruation periods, also affects some trans and non-binary people. The position is part of a wider conference motion on uh, period poverty that includes a call for better access to sanitary products. It also wants better education for children and teachers to ensure an appreciation for the lived experience of menstruation this is uh, Sir Ed Davey making the headlines, of course, earlier in May by saying a woman can quite clearly have a penis in a discussion on trans rights. Um, now, now, Neil, um, we have talked about the, these things before, and I don't want to keep bringing them up, but this really has got to a stage now where they're confusing the reality of what happens to a lot of ladies which basically is they do suffer really horrible times with menstruation um but they've sort of filtered in this 0.03 percent of a percentage of that 0.3 um which basically are now sort of trying to get themselves to divert the real problem uh, back onto people who are making a problem of their own sorts um how do you see it?
1: Well, I mean, I, I mean, women at the time of month, some of them, it's real agony for them and, and that. But I don't know how they get in that. Women can have have a penis and, and that. I don't, I, I, can, I don't get the, the grip of what he's trying to get at here. I, I understand that you know that that women, it it, it it plays with the mind, the pain of it, and all that lot. You know it, that, that's just how the body, the body clock goes, isn't it? You know, but as I say, this—I mean, he, I can't be doing with him anyway. He's a right was, you know. He's he's one of the walks, isn't he?
0: Well, I think a, that David. that's that's the problem you see, really, uh, when you've got politicians who are either mentally defective or so weak in a political sense that they can't confront issues in their own parliament uh, party before then. Uh, you know, aspiring to be members of a parliament. I mean, really, he should take them on head first and say, sorry, you know, you're wrong. This is a female problem and basically nothing to do with your other issues which are making problems, creating problems. That's the way I would look at it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, you, you never see him stand up for any causes uh, uh, to do the, the majority of people in the UK, you know, it just goes bleaching on about, you know, your climate change, your cows eating grass and and then letting it, a bit of steam out the other end and, and, and women and this, that, and the other. No, but this big, I get that women go through this monthly thing that it can be absolutely destroying for them. You know, it, it drives them up the wall. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's he bleaching on about that. That's fine, you know, if, if they so it, but to say that a woman can grow a penis, I mean, where, where's he coming from? Well, so, will that change? I don't, you know, will it change the, the monthly cycle of the millions of women that are, you know, in the UK? No, it won't because it's just a nonsense. It's just something that he wants to be bleating out about and transgenders and this, that, and the
0: other. It's because he's a right, was, and a woke. What really is more worrying is that British politics, and don't forget, we don't live in the country, so we're only commenting, uh, but. British politics needs middle ground because, at the moment, it's very fuzzy in between uh, the things that the Tory party do and things that the Labour party do. I mean, you, you need something that you can identify with and vote for, and it doesn't seem to be there. Same with the, maybe the politics here. You know, it's either left-wing or right-wing, and you you need sensible middle-ground politics, really, to, to get rid of our problems I would think, exactly. anyway.
1: Exactly. You know, you've got them on the left and them on the right. And what you've got to do is get a party that will listen to both sides of the story and try and come together on working, you know, working at making things happen. While they're saying one thing and they're saying the other, nothing's getting done. Nothing's happening. And and then you've got you've got your like, your Keir Starmer. I've not seen him for weeks, yeah. months. He's just hiding, hoping that they will get in, and then, trust me, the press will come down on him like an absolute ton of bricks. And it's to say, you know, that because it's only them two, really, you're not going to get the Greens and the, and the uh, Lib Dems and, and all them. They might win a few seats here or there, but then they've got a different story. Yeah. To, to whoever gets in, you know, between uh, Tories and Labour, they've got a different story, so... They'll be coming out with all the same jargon, but nothing will ever get done because them two parties are not bothered about them, really, even though they come on bleaching and say, oh, well, this is what we've got lined up. Yeah, it's always getting lined up. It's been going on for donkey's years on both sides of them, you know.
0: Okay. Um, here's the next one then. Has been disconnected. OK, so in the fallout after the uh, Women's World Cup final, there's all sorts going on. The team apparently uh, didn't meet any of the, the fans when they got back into the country. But um, Prince William and David Beckham are in the uh, crosshairs of a feminist activist group that's accusing them of using their daughters as Shields in messages of support for the Lionesses, ahead of their World Cup final on Sunday. Both the Prince of Wales and Beckham posted videos with their uh, respective daughters, Charlotte and Harper, ahead of the final against Spain, which England lost. Um, uh, Both apologised for not being able to attend the match but wished the team well. Um, And then further on, because both featured only their daughters and none of their sons, because it's still considered undesirable and even icky that boys might have female role models or be cheering for a women's team. If you don't believe this, imagine that the men's English football team were into a final. There's no way on earth those men would feature only sons in any video messages and not their daughters too. Because daughters are expected to cheer for men and women, while sons are not. A lot of people will see this issue as minor, but it isn't. It's called a microaggression, which women and people in oppressed groups experience every day of their lives. Okay, more nonsense for us to discuss. Um, you've immediately probably gathered where I feel on this one, but um, again, more importantly, what do you think?
1: Well, utter uh, rubbish. Absolute utter rubbish. I mean, right. I didn't watch any of the games until the final. I I wanted England women women to win it. I didn't watch any of the games, and a few of the lads said we we're, we're going down. And landlord at pub said, uh, "Come in, have your breakfast, uh, you know." And you can, we we're opening a bit early, so you can come and watch it. And all all we we all went down there, and we were cheering on for lionesses. And and to say. Oh, well, it's only featuring, you know, girls or boys or... No, absolute nonsense. They have got other things to do as well, the royalty, and, and, well, Beckham, I don't know what he's supposed to, his ambassador or somewhere or whatever it is, uh, to say that, you know, these people are saying, oh, well, they're just using such a body for this, that thing. No, everybody that I know that were, you know, English, were cheering the lionesses on. I went down and watched the game with lads. I didn't watch any of the other games because I wasn't really... I, I was interested that they win, but I find it too slow, you know, for a men's game. But I went down and I was cheering on with everybody else that were in there. And don't forget, I was in the bar, it was half Spanish and half us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We were out no, we were outnumbered, no, but, but we were still cheering for, for Lionesses. And to come, you know nitpicking on on something that they've got no control over anyway you know they just make me laugh these they've got to have something to moan about argue about and call other people for not doing what they think that they should do it's an absolute nonsense
0: couple of comments which i think are worth looking at the first one came from new zealand um and if they had included their sons if George had been in William and Charlotte's video, why are you using your son to overshadow his sister? Don't you think girls can stand alone without their big brothers for support? Absolutely exactly. right. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, it says it all that really, doesn't it? Then another one from Manchester. Um, why are, where are the feminist groups, any of them? When schools, businesses, sports are allowing biological men into women's toilets, changing rooms, hostels and ruining women's sports, silent, they sit on the fence, afraid to offend trans women.
1: Exactly. Perfect. Where were all these transgender ones? You know, all these transgender men dressed as lionesses and all this, shouting and bleating and God knows what. No. They just, as you say, when it comes to when you should be making your point, if it's the point that you want to make and nobody wants to listen to anyway, is, you know, exactly what she just said and the other one said, absolutely. No, we'll, we'll not get as much uh, uh, screen time because it's a World Cup. It's about football. You know, you, you, you'll be having you know, men playing in women's football then, will you? I don't think so.
0: Well, I mean, you can see that there's a little bit of um, life in this because if you look at, say, a little boy in a primary school, OK, his teachers will be ladies, mostly women teach in primary schools. That's a fact, by the way, not not just my opinion. Um, so, you know, all kids would be excited to see the English ladies winning or whatever the lionesses give them whatever name you like you can understand that once a little boy becomes a little teenager then realistically uh, then you're getting into the strange territory if the little boy wants to support the girls rather than the men that's my way of looking at this because little boys tend to show their colours very early on. They don't mind too much about, you know, whether or not it's mummy that gives them a cuddle or daddy. Um, it gets a bit different when they get a bit older. And it's not always something that is sort of um, pre-planned and taught. It's just natural. Um, OK. Yeah, yeah
1: they, they, they follow their own team. They'll have their own player. Like, like the little girl will have her favourite player. The, the lad, the, the teenage lad, will have his own team and his own, and his own player. You know, his, his own favourite player. And that's how life is. You know, you, you can't ask everybody to love every other person, you know, here, there and everywhere. That's how little lads and little girls grow. Or girls do a lot in athletics and stuff like that. You know, and but they, they, they'll go for... Uh, Diana Diana Smith or whatever she was, or the the Liverpool lass who won the World Championships. They might be into that, but lads go on a different track. They go on to men's football, they have their own idols, and and that's with them nearly enough for the rest of their lives, basically.
0: Well, that's exactly the way I see it. And uh, when you talked about the girls in the athletes, uh, the athletics, the World Athletics Championship, I mean, I've been watching them... I love the athletics and uh, she was absolutely wonderful and you know like a lot of other blokes uh, we're going to say straight away just how good these people are. Um, The only other comment I would make about watching the ladies 100 meters last night is um, I have never seen so many weird looking ladies. I mean uh, you know all fine looking ladies etc but some of them, they they've got the most ridiculous hairstyles this year, you know. I, and two of them look like they were aliens discussing something, you know. I like, I don't know about you. Did Did you pick yeah, any when of that? They up? Them,
1: where they wrap their hair around it in in things, it looks like the, old, the as you say, an alien's helmet, doesn't it? You know. Weird. But, but I mean, you see the dedication to all that, and her that one that I've forgotten it. He said double barrel name, isn't
0: it? Uh, um, uh, Kate. Uh, Johnson. Yeah, uh, something Johnson, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Thompson Johnson. Thompson, yeah. Right, she's come back from ruptured Achilles. She's had
1: uh, mental problems because, you know, th- that you get sometimes when, when you lose a couple of, you know, titles and stuff like that. It does affect you in there, isn't it? Yeah. But well, she's come back through all that long. And the dedication and the training that they've got to put in. And that's what you've got to get with, as I say, the lads' football, the, the women's football. You, they think. Oh, well, if I just got out playing with my mates, I'll get picked up and I'll get... These hundreds and hundreds of thousands of young kids rejected by the time they are about 11 or 12, you
0: know. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, as far as the uh, pluckiness of the uh, heptathletes, I mean, uh, if you look at the records, I mean, you go back, uh, Jessica Ennis won it, the Jessica World Kremish, yeah. Four, yeah. four times, tw- twice yeah. now for this, uh, Kate. Um, And then we had, before that, we had Denise Williams. um, Yeah. And then uh, there's another girl, Mary Rand. I mean, we've had some fantastic heptathletes from the United Kingdom.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's, down to pure dedication and and, and picking your path. As I said, some girls will pick athletics. Some girls will pick football. Some will do uh, netball. You know, it, it's, that's how, you know, boys and girls react growing up. And you know, so... Whichever part they want to take, if, as long as you encourage them and, and, you know, bring them on, then there's nothing wrong with whoever they're playing for. I... But you can't have transgender men playing anything against the women. I'm sorry, but it's just not biologically possible that the women is going to, you know beat a a man that's already, you know, an athlete in his own right, but he wants to change to a woman. It just doesn't work.
0: And I've got to also add in the fact that, you know, so many ladies also just want to be... Good parents and bring up a family, which again exactly. is so wonderful. Really, what what an ambition, uh, which yeah. clearly is under attack by various parts of uh, this plan that's being developed at the moment. Anyway, yeah. um, let's go back to the papers and see what we found. Uh, yeah, this will this will work in nicely. Here we go. Happy Now, Neil and I are looking, well, as ever, at uh, parts of the media, the press, to just find out what really were were being encouraged to think in some respects, made to think. Uh, Sadiq Khan was plunged into a bitter row last night after his official website published a photograph of a young white family with the words, Don't... Uh, or doesn't represent real Londoners. The Labour London Mayor faced calls to apologise after the extraordinary message appeared in an official guide on how to portray the brand of the Mayor and the Greater London Authority. This was despite the fact that the guide opened with the words a city for all Londoners and a promise to appeal to quote everyone no matter their age gender sexual orientation ethnicity religion disability or family makeup okay um you've probably seen this for yourself a very very strange thing to be sort of having to discuss this in some respects but uh, then when you look at the greater picture it's exactly what the somebody who wants to mischief make would put into the paper isn't it
1: well yeah, you know, they they come out with all these statements or you know, somebody's come along and they they put it on a poster or whatever and this that and the other. And all that's doing it is stirring up hatred. And that's all they're doing is stirring up hatred between the people that live in London. Well,
0: you I've know, got to and say that's
1: Sadiq Khan, well, I mean, I've no time for him anyway. But so... uh but, you I... know, that that's, that's what he that's what he's betraying out Uh, uh, You know, all Londoners should be this, that, the other,
0: and there you go, all of a sudden. It could turn out to be right. When you actually think about it, um, it doesn't represent the London that we see... On most of the TV that we watch, you know, uh, you're led to believe that most of London is black. Not, not that that's a problem, but that's probably the way that it comes across on the on the media shots of television uh, that we see of London. Um, when you actually look at the makeup, if they go in a bit closer down a shopping area, you see a lot more mix of very very different, and your family that's depicted. Um, showing the young white family uh, saying it doesn't represent real Londoners. Funny enough, I actually agree with the mayor. I don't like Sadiq Khan, but I think he's right. I don't think it does represent London. Uh, but then, if you go to another afternoon, uh, any afternoon of the week, and watch these programmes Escape to the Country, um, you know, usually you find it's white people with lots of money to spend. You know, not even people like us, people who are absolutely loaded, £700,000, £900,000 uh, budget, when you've got others who are escaping to Spain to live in the sun, i have got something like 120000 to spend. Um, yeah. What do you reckon of all that? You should, yeah, you see, I mean, if you look at London as
1: the original London, we'd be back to Pearly Kings and Queens, wouldn't we, and, and stuff like that, and, and everybody would walk around with these... Uh, buttons on the on the clothes and that places move on, and it, and it's it's one of probably most diverse cities it, there is, you know London, you know with, with people from all over the world living there, and as you say, but it, it tends to be a lot more expensive there, so you get you know what they some people class as a better class of person there, but it, it's just the way that, that that's worked for London. You know the the, the purely kings and queens and all that, even you know, has all gone. Now you've got you know you, you've got these um, what's that carnival, the Nottingham, Nottingham Carnival Hill. Yeah. and all that, yeah. yeah. And and everybody everybody goes and enjoys all that. You know, whether you be white, you know, white, white, you know, from any you know any country, as long as it's all done peacefully and everybody enjoys themselves, I don't find a problem
0: with that. But you're, you're you know. probably coming nearer the way I see it then, that really Sadiq Khan is not wrong with what he's saying. Um, it's just that I think a lot of people living in other parts of the country probably don't like the the fact that London has changed so much. But you can't really say that a white family, mum and dad and two children, are, are what you would immediately sort of relate with, with London. I mean, you, you know, you see all sorts of different people, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at one time, if you walk down Oxford Street, it's would probably ninety percent white. But now, because it's got more diverse and pe- more people are going living there, and it's seriously expensive. Me and you couldn't afford a no. house in London yep. if we if we put our money together four times over. <laughs> you know, so we we everybody has to work to their own budget, don't they? And if you've got the millionaires, well. What I don't agree with is that they, they buy all these, you know, these houses and, and now they ever use them. It's like when we were talking last week about Cornwall and up in Lake District, you know, they're buying all these houses in other people's areas where the, the, the local kids can't can't afford, you know, absolutely any of the houses.
0: Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, one of the problems which we're going to go on to, funnily enough, now is the fact that when you've got people coming into the country a country, any country, but when you've got over 100,000 that have come illegal, illegally and obviously then will have to be settled or, you know, uh, well, let, let's go to the next one because I think this might be where we need to be now. This is something which obviously we need to uh, discuss. Here we go. You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coburn. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe calling. OK, well, we've been here before, Neil. It's Britain's extraordinarily soft touch approach to assessing asylum claims uh, by illegal migrants is what was revealed by the Mail on Sunday and the newspaper has obtained a copy of official guidance issued to the Home Office uh, for their staff who have got to handle the backlog of 170,000 applications I said 120, 170,000 by foreign nationals who arrive in small boats or who were smuggled in the back of lorries. So uh, let's see the bullet points that they make. Officials have been told they cannot reject the testimony of a migrant who is caught lying. Now, let's go over that one first. I mean, if somebody's caught lying on the way in, they're not going to start becoming Mother Teresa of Calcutta while they're here. I mean, you know, they've already started the ball rolling, haven't they? Well,
1: once you start with a lie then the lies just go bigger and bigger and, and more, don't they? You know.
0: Well, um, I mean, that just really beggars belief. They go to the second bullet point. The staff are ordered not to be sceptical when quizzing asylum seekers, including those who have come from safe countries. So what we're saying is really people can come from anywhere. People Come, come, come to UK,
1: just walk in with no papers with no passport, no nothing, or anything you want, come in and we'll look after you. Well, how, do, how can that work? When, I, when I'm when i English-born, British passport, when I go back, I've got to have my paperwork, everything with me, and all that. We're not after getting rid of migrants. You see, you never hear, hear them say illegal immigrants. No. This is, you know, you never hear that word. But yeah, it's but what, you know why? These migrants are coming from here, there, and everywhere. Some of them have not even seen a bullet fired in the country, anyway, and and they can come across. We no paperwork or anything, and we've got to put up with it. And it takes about two to four years or something before we can process them. Listen, get more people in there processing them. Then they're illegal. Sorry, you've got to go. But you've
0: then, got to go. Then again, you see, if you look at the way these. Newspaper articles written, because they don't say illegal immigrants, it's already filtering down the emotions so that people will not see it as illegal. That's the key. When you go to the third point, asylum seekers must be reassured that they need not answer upsetting questions. You try and get in America or one of these other countries with a passport, and you're asked questions, aren't you? What are you here for? I'm here on holiday. Well, if you come with, where are you going? Where
1: are you staying? What are you? Oh, no, you're going to the UK. They... Just tell them that you think that that question's upsetting you and you'll be all right, you'll be able to go through. I mean, UK people, you know, that bought houses years ago, now they can only stay in Spain 90 days. If, if they come and they, they've outrun you know, they've out, they've out the, the thing... They get sent back until you, you your 90 days that you can have again. You know, and we're letting them come in for the rest of their lives. None of them, are, you know, they're all illegal. I'm not not all, I meant all illegals. They can just stay here and, and not answer any questions with no paperwork and this, that, and the other. And all it's doing is putting pressure on all the places that they're going to be sent to, and they, they'll not probably not do a day's work in their life, you know. Okay. So we've got to give them benefits and a home and everything else.
0: This was the fourth bullet point that, that I looked at. Home office staff are forbidden from asking questions about sexual preferences or activity in cases where migrants claim to be fleeing persecution because of their sexual orientation. I mean, really, if you're not going to ask questions, then basically you can have any any sort of troublemaker, and I would have thought transgender issues are prevalent everywhere at the moment, you know, so that the activists are going to come in and immediately they're just another one on the books that can cause troubles.
1: Well, you might as well just rip the paper up, are not you? As soon as they walk towards you, you might as well rip it up and say, yeah, you're all right, carry on. Yeah, you're all right, carry on. If you can't answer questions, you know, if you can't ask questions and get any answers... Well, what's the point
0: in having, having, you know, the border force there? It's, it's just a nonsense. OK, well, look, um, you know me. I'm always looking to join up the dots, and I think there's one here. So let's, um, let's get joining on these dots. Just remind our listeners that all these things, all these topics that we discuss... These are in the press, they're in the media, they're there for everybody to read. It would appear to me that some people either don't read these things or certainly don't understand. Okay, so here's the dot coming in. Residents of a new town. This is between Sheffield and Rotherham, so that's in the south of Yorkshire. And they've blasted developers for failing to provide. So, here we go. New town. We've already got 170,000 immigrants trying to get in. So they f- haven't have provided a GP, shops and a big enough school despite selling the land for thousands of homes and even a nuclear fusion centre. Around 10 years ago, developers started to transform Waverley, a coal or grave coal mining site into Yorkshire's largest ever mixed-use development. But ever since houses started popping up left, right and centre in 2012, locals have been driven mad by the lack of promised infrastructure. Their frustration has been compounded by the fact that a £22 million UK Atomic Energy Authority nuclear fusion centre has been built on their doorstep while McLaren rolls-royce and boeing have also set up bases let me just go over what they haven't got no gp no shops and a big enough school despite selling the land for thousands of homes now that's a strange one isn't it
1: that's ridiculous isn't it you know we're all on about infrastructure you know and and, and don't get me wrong what what I get what like Rolls Royce are there, McLaren, and, and and these this, that, and the other. But over here, if you're building so many houses, you have to have facilities for all them houses before you even start building. You've got to build the infrastructure in before you even lay a brick, and you've got to make sure that there'll be a doctor's place, that you know there'll be a school that takes these, you know, these people in that are buying, you know, two, three bedroom houses over here. It doesn't happen. You've got to have that in, 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 uh, infrastructure before you can start building and selling houses. So they sell all these lands off. You know, it's like uh, yeah, money in the pocket for, for the you know the council and this, that, and the other selling all these land. You know, these bits of land off for, for all these houses, and then the builders build them. They sell them. Hang on a minute, where's our where's our doctor? Where's our you know where's our play areas?
0: There is none. Well, I know... So, it's just ridiculous. I know back in the 80s, when I was at college, we were looking at a thing uh, called the structure plan. And apparently, every part of the UK no matter where you are has to be uh, following the structure plan so wherever this place might be uh, we're talking about the south of yorkshire there will be a structure plan which should show people what will be coming and what was planned at the very beginning now i can't see anybody forgetting deliberately forgetting a, uh, sorry, innocently forgetting a doctor's surgery and shops. I can't see and, that.
1: Yeah, and schools and, and community centres where people can meet. It's the town halls that are the problem. They promise you everything because these builders are coming in, throwing money in, saying, like, well, we need to build that and the planning and all this, and they're paying for all that into the councils, and then the councils do absolutely nothing about it. They should be as, uh, held accountable who passed
0: that through. Well, you see, it, it's, it's so nonsensical, really, that um, I, I look and think to myself, where does this fit in the scheme of this Agenda 2030? Because you've got 170,000 people waiting to come in, whether you like it or not. You've got all these houses that they're selling. So... Either somebody has been very, very uh, cunning the way they've done this, because you've got to slip a few back to get your, your houses built, etc., etc., uh, to uh, avoid the structure plan and the constraints that they would have had put on that. You can't really expect ordinary, clear-thinking people to think that you don't plan a doctor's surgery. That is nonsensical, isn't it? Exactly, it's, I mean, you ask everybody,
1: everybody that's come over. You know, in summer that we we meet up with this and the other, and they say, you, "You've got a phone between this time and that time to get a doctor's appointment, and then you're eight weeks further down the line." They say, "Well, it could be twenty twenty fourth of October or something." Hang on a minute, I could be dead by then. I need to check out what what my problem is, you know. And uh, schools, you, you can't you can't just keep letting people in. And having a school that, only, you know, somewhere on on edges, of, you know, on, on rural areas, there's only about 40 kids in a school, a tiny, tiny small school, and then you're going to let another, 100, another 120 in. And, well, how are we going to teach them? We've not got any seats for them. We've got nothing, that, you know, that we can say, you know, help them out with. It, you know they're all getting backhanders. You know, you, you need to put this much money here. And then it goes into council. And then council don't do anything about it. They don't say, oh, well, we've got so much money, you need to build this school here, or you need a doctor's surgery there, or a healthcare centre, or anything. No. Once they've, once they've got that pass that they can build these houses, their houses will go up like wildfire. Mm. And then the problem come, doesn't stop with builders, it, it stops at the council. And it's them that should be accountable for it.
0: I mean, there, there is a way that this sort of nonsense would stop, just as we've talked about a £30,000 fine for the kids jumping off the balconies in Spain. uh, If these local councillors and uh, people that are planning these things were brought to book and fined heavily, I think they might start thinking a bit more seriously about, um, you know, what they're actually planning, unless, of course, there is this structure at the very top where people are making plans and just ignoring everything that's going on um okay our thoughts then uh, don't forget for those people listening in uh, these are the articles in the papers the next one i'm thinking will certainly be something that'll see a bit of steam from neil and myself uh, as we go to uh, this one coming now here we go So, don't forget, we're talking about organisers. There's always a group of people that start things, become the uh, steering committee and the planning committee. So, there's always a group of people. Organisers of a carnival event have called in the police following a backlash after announcing this year's Queen – look at that word – Queen would be a 16-year-old boy – So this is down in the south, Uh, Ringwood Carnival uh, bosses have now withdrawn the announcement that the youngster would be leading proceedings after online trolls hit out at the woke ideological decision. Um, Last year it named a 16-year-old girl as Carnival Queen, fair enough, and she was paraded through the streets on a horse-drawn carriage and following trolling... Organisers have instead appointed the boy named only as James as he's now a carnival ambassador and called in the Hampshire police to assess the viability of threats of disruption and abuse. Uh, Promoters of the traditional event in the Hampshire town a few miles northeast of Bournemouth have hit out at abusive followers and said the teen had been left upset by the backlash. Uh, One local wrote, absolutely astonishing that uh, I can't post on the actual statement that you are so incensed about a backlash. You have entirely caused yourselves. Um, So they've caused the problem. Boys are not girls, this uh, particular person has written. Boys are not girls. If you wanted a boy to be your figurehead, make him carnival king or prince. You people talk about creating a day of celebration and fun for friends and family. And in the exact same instance, impose a woke ideological stance on the whole thing, thereby completely undermining your own event. Another person said, for as long as they uh, have uh, camp teenagers pretending to be little girls being carnival queens... Yous are all ruining a tradition from a carnival veteran. I'm ashamed to even uh, attend one of these events. I I mean, really, you know, the thing is, you can see a group somewhere that's um, somewhere in the distance getting in touch with this group, and they've obviously worked in cahoots, haven't they? (laughs) Uh, i
1: tell you what, the lad would be more upset being called the Queen than and sitting on a horse-drawn carriage or whatever they're going to put him on. You'd, 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 that's the man, you know, you know you're having a laugh at right? you. Give it somebody else. I don't want it, right? We've always had... The, we used to have the May Queens, didn't we, in carnivals every, every Saturday during summer and all that, lot, like, And the, the May Queen and going round the dingy poles, May poles and all that, lot. Like, right. Like, I'm not being funny. I'm sure the lad didn't, didn't agree. He, he said, "Oh, I'll be the mayor queen. No, oh, that'll sink me right down to the ground. No, it won't. Trust me. You'll be mocked for the rest of your life." You know, uh, look, it's, a, it's an absolute joke. Look, you, you, want, know, and, you know, you know, we've got a mayor queen. She's going to be paraded through, and there she is. She's all dolled up to knocker, and she looks lovely. And everybody's enjoying it and, and watching the parade go past, and bands playing, and this, that, and the other. And, and uh, everybody having a good day, but as you say, somebody's come from out of the dark to say, "No, we need a we need a, a boy as a, a as a made queen." Do yourself a favor: a, a boy will never be made the queen of England. Trust
0: me. Well, I'm looking at a boy
1: um, will not be made a queen of England. I,
0: I'm I mean, looking the
1: king. Yes, right. Sorry, Vince. On.
0: Yeah, no. I'm just saying. I'm looking at a, a photograph of when Anne and I. Were asked to go and judge uh, beauty queens and you know uh, this sort of thing um, at at different fates when uh, I was on Radio Merseyside and basically you know Anne used to come along and she would be fated and you know they 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 treat us really well uh, but I mean it was always there was none of this nonsense that they've just started uh, creating which greatly makes me feel that all this is part of the same horrible plan agenda 2030 and quite honestly um pff, i better move on because otherwise I'll, I'll end up getting so cross let me give you the next one then neil here we go here's our next one right so man Okay, now then, many male drivers I've been reading have long claimed that women are the more clumsy sex behind the wheel, particularly when parking. But figures suggest that women are, in fact, far better at manoeuvring the car into cramped spaces. This is a new study. uh, men are far more likely than women to be involved in a mishap when parking, uh, but are also more inclined to believe they're good at it. So look at a comment and then we'll discuss it. My late mother was army trained and never required a license. She drove army trucks in blackout from the southeast to Cumbria, when there were uh, sorry, when there were few major roads. She could reverse her Volvo with precision into the smaller space. Long into her seventies, despite her arthritic bones, my dad, on the other hand, could not drive to save his life. He had neither the skill nor the inclination. Okay, um, you drive. I don't know whether or not um, your good lady is a good driver. You must make the yeah. you make you must make the um, uh, the decision on that one. But uh, what do you think of the, that particular? Um, uh, well, the figures, apparently, yeah. that's what they're telling us.
1: Yeah, well, I i, I mean, Ailey's a great driver, trust me. Uh, she can park it, it anyway. You know what I mean? It's brilliant. I mean, I, I drive up, you know, I drive, Ailey drives, I'm compassed in passenger seat when Ailey's driving. If, if I'm ever getting in, in somebody's car and I'm a bit nervous about them, I'm like, you know, I'm gripping seats and, you know, <laughs> sweating. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've I've known loads of female drivers that have been very good. Well, you you do get female drivers, and it's always been that, hasn't it? They've always said, oh, women in reversing, no, 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 no. I mean, they've even brought cars out now that can do it for you. You just press a button and the car will park itself. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's just another thing that's that's gone on for donkey years that, you know, men are better drivers and better, you know, uh, parking cars than, than women. And somebody will, you know, bring it up and say, "Well, actually, it isn't."
0: And yeah.
1: if, if that's what the records say, then get on with it because I know women who can park as good as me.
0: Absolutely. You know? Well, you know, I, I think men. I think men try and do it a bit quicker. That's why they'll get it. <laughs>
1: you know what men are like? We're a bit more impatient. Yeah. We, we, we pull up, we stop, we start reversing over, and it's a little bit tight. do will touch the bumper. But I hope, I hope this group don't come into Spain as well as you know, that if you... If the, if the space is two foot too short to get their car in, they they class the bumpers as bumpers. Yeah. So they bump the first car forward a bit, then they reverse and bump the, the back car forward a bit, so that two foot gap is now about two and a half feet, and they can get in. <laughs> so they just keep bumping in and out, in and out. Are they crazy? Well, of Absolute course, absolutely crazy.
0: I've got to say, Anna is a terrific driver as well. She she's very good at parking. Um, in Valencia, here we do have a law. I think it's a bylaw for the Valencian sort of area where you can double park as long as you leave your brake on, so people can come, can and, push your car into exactly. The
1: rail, yeah. I'm not yeah, particularly keen. Back into the
0: car. Well, I would imagine up in Pollup, you know, if you had your car pushed a little bit down the <laughs> wrong way, you, you're going to go. Uh, c- yeah, berserk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a um, couple of like, couple of lighter ones to finish. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll give you this one. OK, so we're going back to the Queen uh, that sadly is no longer with us, Queen Elizabeth II. And she expressed regret that the rise of the digital age meant she was greeted by a sea of mobile phones on walkabouts. Um, over the course of a decade, the late monarch said she went from being able to meet the public face to face to noticing well-wishers were preoccupied with taking photographs and videos. Her comments were revealed by the award-winning violinist, um, who in 2017 became the youngest recipient of the Queen's Medal for Music at the age of 29, Nicola Benedetti. Um, OK, I think she was right. I mean, the Queen did have a lovely smile. And when she used to meet people, um, I often felt very... I felt the warmth of her smile when she said something that was quite funny to somebody. I don't know if you picked that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, she was great. She wanted to go among the people. But then, all of a sudden, the, the, when she's talking to somebody at the front and everybody's all smiling and she's got a great smile, then you get these hands coming over people's heads, click. You know, like, you know it's like, well, hang on a minute. It's, you know, it's too much but this, in it? You know. So, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, she's, I can't fault Lizzie one bit. She she was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, she weren't frightened of meeting everybody. You know, well, we I were, thought she was fantastic.
0: We were out uh, the other day, sitting next to a group that came in. Four people, mum and dad, two kids. So they sit down. This is a meal, family meal. So they all sat down. The first thing they all did, they all took the phones out. And well, do you know what? I think for the whole of whatever the t- 20 minutes, 40 minutes, best part of an hour, they didn't speak to each other. I mean, these well, phones are taking the uh, human bit out of people going out together.
1: Horrible. Exactly. Uh, I, I never check mine out. But people will say to me when like, I'm out in Benadol, I'm going meeting some of the lads are, and, and girls that are over. And we're going having a drink. They said, oh, I phoned you 10 minutes ago, see if you're on your way out. said, where's your phone? I said, well, it always is on settee. Yeah. Because if I'm going out, I'm going out to have a talk and a natter with people. And me and Ailey will talk to other people all the time. But if somebody starts getting phone out and then starts talking to me while they're looking at the phone as well, i say, listen, I'll see you in a bit. See you. Say, nah. yeah. I'm off.
0: Well, yeah, for, for, me, doing with it. for me, this all started when we went to Australia. We got off the plane and all the people in Australia were walking around like zombies looking down at the phone. And I remember saying to Anne, this was 2013. I said, I just hope this doesn't come to Spain. And here we are, you know, discussing are. exactly yeah. the way it's gone.
1: You see, the problem with it, Vince, is the art of conversation is dead. Absolutely. trouble because people can't hold the conversation now because they're typing everything all the time. Yeah. You know?
0: I think it's, it's very, chaotic. very, and very sad.
1: conversation helps everybody. You know, everybody's yeah. got an opinion, everybody's got a different opinion or whatever. Or how's somebody doing and this, that, and the other. I mean, me, if I had to type, like, right, five lines, it'd take me about 40 minutes. I'm a one-fingered presser, you know, Yeah. to make sure I get it right. But what? no, yeah, the outer conversation, it's so sad that it's, it, it's it's the dying thing now.
0: 30 seconds to tell me, what do you think about the Lionesses not meeting their fans at the airport?
1: That, that's not right, is it? No. no. I mean, it, it's one of them. They, they've all cheered you on through Europeans last year, to World Cup this year, they've all watched you on telly, and as you come back... You go back, all right, you, you, you've come second, but you, were, you, you, did, you had a great performances and you were in a World Cup final. A yeah. lot of people, you'll never see a World Cup final. Absolutely. And when you get to the airport, they're all there. That's when you should be thanking the fans for you know, backing
0: you up. It was the ideal opportunity to thank them, wasn't it? Um exactly. but you know those pictures of kids with uh, their big messages up and uh, nobody yeah. to say hello to alright Neil yeah. that's it uh, once again thank you very much indeed for your company look forward to chatting next week
1: always a pleasure Vince always a pleasure
0: lovely thank you Neil see you later bye, bye bye now bye bye bye